That's a th- I, I've heard of that before. Uh, but Cam, in your case, the, the Pfizer dose has really has has really been boner specific. Uh, yeah, a little bit of that. More, more, more like my body feels like I get hit by a train. <laughs> yeah, like you're fatigued, um, sore, but fatigued, but yeah. rock hard. All my blood's rushing to my yeah, exactly. Maybe that's what it is. So, your body, uh, your body's so sore because all of like all of the blood, like everything, all the efforts and energy is being put straight into that penis of yours. That's it. Yeah, so that's uh, that's how I'm feeling. But hey, I'm vaxxed and waxed, baby. I'm ready for summer. Vaxed and waxed. Uh, tits out for the boys. Tits out for the boys. Let's get to Florida. Let's go yeah. to Florida. Pandemic's over. Pandemic's over. That's what I that's that's what they said. That's what they said. Didn't you watch? Uh, if you if you watch sports, it's fucking over. Holy smokes! Are you are you seeing that? Like, uh, are oh you yeah. seeing By the sports? Way, should we should we should we should we kick it off first before we dive into this? Kick it. <laughs> Tonight on two C's in a pod, 96.7 on your... Two C's in a pod, 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 Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. That's right, we're talking two C's in a pod here. Um, it's a podcast hosted by myself, Cameron Osborne. It's also hosted by Cam LeClaire. He he sits You're right. You're listening to the man. He sits right there. He's the man. Uh, welcome to episode seventy-seven. Hey, yeah. hey, that sounds that's like a, a good number, right? That's that's a number that a player has worn. That's a number. Cam, Some you, would say a top scoring player. Cam, you almost immediately gave up on uh, what was supposed to be one of your weekly segments, the uh, who wore the number. Uh, I'm going to go Luka Doncic on this one, baby. The the Slovenian uh, MJ. Okay, uh, fair enough. Uh, Matthew Barnaby is number mine. Um that's all I got. Yeah. Or Ray Bork also wore 77. Ray so that's, that's, Bork. A, that's a good one. Paul okay. Coffee. Are you a man and want to cry? Go back to the Stanley Cup presentation from 2001 when Ray Bork traded to the Colorado Avalanche, finally wins that first cup, and Joe Sackick gives him the cup first to raise. Uh, if you want to talk about, um, Cam, our favorite word, unprecedented, a captain oh giving another player the cup to raise before everybody else, that is the unprecedented moment. Yeah, I guess. Um, I don't think that did that happen last night. I don't know if anyone watched the Cup Finals last night. Uh, I didn't. No, I did not watch uh, neither neither the game nor the trophy presentation, which I'm bummed out because usually I like to. I uh, I was working a little bit later last night, and by the time I got home, I wasn't really in the mood to turn it on. You know, because then you gotta find a stream, and then you gotta cast yep. it to the thing, and I'm like, I don't, I don't really want to do this. Uh, two two steps. Yeah, crazy. I don't exactly. That's two two one this too is, many. This is this is Cable's solution. They're like, do you ever tire of taking two steps? How about one, Cable? Yeah, that's pre- that's pretty much Cable's thing. It's like, hey, do you want one remote with a fucking guide thing there and not blurry for a second veg- and then HD footage? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you not even want to think about what you're going to turn on? You just turn it on? Yeah, do you just want to turn it on and hope for the best? Cable. Cable. Uh, yeah, Cable, did, did, did not your did, mind. Did not watch the presentation, but yeah, the Tampa Bay Lightning are the back-to-back champions. Congratulations, Steven Stamkos. Big uh, listener of the show. Congratulations uh, Brendan uh, Shanahan. Big fan of the show. Kucherov, we know you're listening. Or sorry, Steve Eiserman. sorry. Yeah, Steve Eiserman, the other Red Wing. Couple GTA boys. Yeah, yeah. Want a big big thanks to uh, Victor Hedman. Uh, Victor the big, Hedman. The big boy out of Russia. Also want to thank uh, Braden Point. Cam, I'm going to quickly uh, start. I'm going to, I already say Kucherov. We're going to run out of uh, more people, though, soon. Uh, I might be out already. Yeah. Um, big shouts out to the coach, uh, Guy 
something. Good Canadian, good French Canadian kid. You love yeah. seeing it. I, I love seeing <clears throat> French Canadians succeed. Uh, and unfortunately, they only succeed in hockey. Yeah, that's very <laughs> true. Um, but yeah, fuck, man. If, if you watch that, it is incredible how many fans are in there. Or if you're watching the World Cup, it's like, oh, I guess the pandemic never hit England or wherever the hell it is. Like, I love the visuals of the fans and like one in every 40 person have a mask on, but it's just around their chin because they're like, what's the point at this point? Yeah, well, <clears throat> yeah, and there was a UFC event not too long ago. Um, One of the ones, it was in Dallas. It was in Texas, I think. Cause Houston, I, I think it was in Houston. Because I did see a bunch of Luka Doncic jerseys and... um. And yeah, they were they were fucking maxed out there. The NBA Finals are rocking, and uh, those are who's you know, in the NBA Finals. It's the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks. But Phoenix, uh, Steve uh, Nash going for that f- t- t- title. Steve Nash finally going for that title. You know, uh, seventeen yeah. years after his back-to-back MVPs. Uh, mm. They were like, you know, incredible. It's fi- f- finally incredible. You love seeing it. Is Charles Barkley still then there? Yeah, Charles Barkley's still playing, actually. Uh, good, it's funny. Good, we good. think about him as doing commentary, but no, he's actually still on the court. Him, Steve Nash, uh, Amare Stoudemire. Ooh, um, it's really one. an all star. That's an old sports center name. Re- it's really an all star. That's an old sports. That's an old sports center name for you. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite sports center top 10? What do you mean? Like when it's like top ten silly moments? Well, they always have they they always have this. This could be like top ten goals when you didn't goals on your own net, or like top ten fans on the field, or top ten wildlife on the field. Yeah, those are or, yeah, those are know, all they, very. They just have to consider. Yeah, they always repeat themselves. Those are all very good topics. Uh, I gotta say, the one that I don't like watching is just because I feel the cringeness of it. It's the top ten. Kind of like uh, national anthem fuck ups. Oh, yeah, that's tough. That one always, yeah, always makes me feel bad, that. you know. Um, oh, but only when it's a non-famous person. There was a few years ago yeah, like where when Fergie blows it. Yeah, when Fergie when Fergie blew it at the NBA All Star game, I'm like, haha, that's funny. Because you're supposed to be like a pop star, but when it's just like Let's you know, basketball. But when it's just like you know, kind of like a, a like a young woman, like maybe like a high school student, and they forget the lines. Or there's one where uh, yeah, they're like she runs, the she she kind of like scurries of off and trips the on the ice. Sons. Yeah, uh, that's also a tough one to watch because you're like, oh, like you're just a kid right now, and you're out there trying your best, and better than all uh, fucking eight the eighteen thousand people staring fat. American slob staring at you. Old slobs, what's up, yeah, old they're, slobs? They're booing at you. They're like, boo, this lady doesn't even well, know. Well, I don't the know. I've never, I've never heard somebody anthem. boo the national anthem. Um, besides, I don't know. Besides Maybe. the one time that the Canadian tenors uh, were out there and one of the guys interspliced All Lives Matter into the Canadian national anthem, do you recall this? I do not recall. It was at like the MLB All-Star game, maybe, I don't know, four or five years ago. There was this group of four Canadian tenor singers, you know, sing operatic music. And they were either called, I think they were called the four tenors. A kind of a play on that's a good name. Well, it's a good a play on the three tenors. Um, Right. And really not a creative twist, but not really. Well, I think they just kind of looked around the room. They're like, hey, there's four of us. We're all tenors. We're all tenors. And what had happened was one of the members uh, through uh, in the uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to hear like what what line it was. Um, (sighs) All lives matter. Yeah, it was somewhere just in the middle, and he inexplicably, without any sort of. Anything was just like uh, no, it all was like, four of them, or uh, just one of them, just one of them, because they they each kind of had a line to themselves, and then they you know all kind of ah. came. In, uh, all lives matter. Yeah. Anyway, he threw it in there somewhere. We'll find out next week uh, on notes. And um, he says all lives matter, and the show keeps going on because you know they you got to finish the performance, right? Everyone else got straight faced. Sure. Uh, and then he was like swiftly fired from the group. Um, almost then, then, immediately. Now what then? Now they're the three tenors? Well, no, now, so uh, now I believe they are the Canadian tenors, because I have worked with them a handful of times, 
uh, yeah. at work mixing their front of house stuff. Do, um, they, do they only speak in like threes or something like that? Where it's like, hey, gentlemen, how are you doing? We are good. No. No, that's no. not like As much okay. as you wish they did, uh, it just didn't happen. That'd be great if they did. It would get old quick, but it would be funny for the first. Maybe they should do it only on introductions. It's like, it's like, hey, we have the three tenors here. Why don't you guys introduce yourself? Chris, James, and Mike. <laughs> Hello. My name is Mike. James. Carter. Carter. I don't, what's the tenor sound like? Because uh, there's tenor, uh, sopranos, uh, Jim Tony. Uh, there's a bunch of names for the singers. Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, there's Tony Soprano. There's the Tony prequel Soprano? series starring James Gandolfini's son playing Tony mm. Soprano. Um, fun, fun. And then he had the daughter. He has the therapist. Is this the Sopranos you're talking about? I'm t- oh, I thought you were asking about the Sopranos. Oh, I was asking what a tenor was. No, a tenor is pretty much like you would probably be a tenor. Oh, just like extremely masculine, so good looking. Uh, and, no, um, no. It hair? means your voice no? isn't okay. that low. But not that high either. Uh, so kind of just like no, a regular voice. No, because in the in the male voice spectrum, tenor is the highest. No, I don't have a high voice. Yeah, or you could or you might be more of a baritone but yeah, you're not. I like that. That sounds good. I'm a baritone kind of guy. So if you're on top bottom, you got soprano, mezzo, alto, tenor, baritone, bass, right? It's like each each gender gets three kind of uh, gets three voice, you know, kind of brackets or whatever. And I say gender because it's purely a physiological thing. Women's kind of yeah. the way development works. Men can't hit high notes. Women can't hit low notes. Are there exceptions? Oh, we're not. We're not playing this game right now. Are there we're exceptions? Goddamn right, there are. I would probably be more of a baritone. I believe if you're listening to my soft and sultry voice, let us know what you think Cam would be. Two season a pod at gmail dot com. Let us know. Let us know. Um, plow. Plowing ahead, let's get to some notes because I'm sure we've uh, made some errors over the uh, corporate retreat. We got notes on our hand. Notes. We got some notes. We got some notes. 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 We got some notes. Uh, no, I didn't really want to go back. We uh, or like the interns didn't really want to go and like listen to all of the footage to kind of uh see what we have. But we have some notes from a couple weeks ago from our in studio show. No, good, good. Good, Which good. is always good. Uh, we were asking ourselves. Um, well, actually, no. This one's more on me. I kept calling Richard Nixon "slippery dick." Uh, yes. I don't know where that came in. Let's get into that. I don't know where that came into my mind. It's tricky, Dick. Um, the spirit of what I was trying, like you know, s- tricky, slippery, slimy. The 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 spirit of what I was trying to say stands. Uh, okay. I just I just kind of got my first little part of it wrong, but tricky dick, slippery dick, uh, I was close. For for, yeah, for I'll, I'll allow it for an off the cuff like uh, remark. I think that was pretty good. Uh, I kind of messed up one of the words there, uh, and we were asking ourselves, um, you know, of course, our friend over there, Kim Mitchell, Don Geringer, how long has Q107 actually been around for? Um, well, for all of those of you wondering, here in southern Ontario, on May 22nd, 1977, at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, Q107 hit the airwaves with the rockin' tune, Hard Rock Town, by Murray McLaughlin. It was the very first song they ever played on Q107. Uh, so yeah, that radio station's been around for fucking 43 years at this point. So I wonder how they started the radio. Like you said, it's at nine a.m. Did anyone hear that song? You know Probably. What I mean? Well, like, it's like, is it is it just static, 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 static? Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, how does this shit start? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they didn't really go into that because presumably it's like it's FM airwaves. I, I so. don't expect you to know the answer. I think it's more of a um, philosopher's dilemma. Uh, yep, it's a total. Uh, what's the word? It's a total. Um, cats in the bag. It's a total cats in the bag. Schrodinger's cat. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think well, it's Tro- trolley problem. Is CN rail better? It's than a classic trolley problem. Because yeah, presumably like uh, FM airwaves and like uh, radio waves are there 
for anybody to use. Presumably, there would have been eventually some kind of, like, legal ownership, right? Like, you can't just hop on broadcasting on 107.1 because Chorus Entertainment probably owns that that kind of uh, frequency here in Ontario. Yeah, I'm sure there's some kind of, you know, however, however the law works there. But, no, there would have been other shit on there first, and then eventually uh, Q107 came and claimed it over. So you're saying radio waves are always there. Yes. We can't have, can we have more or less? No. Or will it only be capped at like the 88 point blah and like 108.6? Yeah. Like it, there it, is it, a range. It is finite. Yeah. Um, well, I mean. I feel like this is a conversation that I won't understand past that. Uh, radio, like, uh, like frequency waves are in theory infinite. Right, it's just about harnessing specific frequencies to use for certain things, right? Like, the radio you listen to and the wireless microphone being used in a concert, those are both broadcasting on frequencies. However, the microphone frequency is much, much, much higher. It's in a completely different, like, frequency bracket than your radio frequency however they are both still like if you were to look at a, at a line of frequencies they're still both on that same line just my wireless microphone over here radio down here does that make sense gotcha right i get you Self, yeah, cell somewhat. phone somewhere in the middle your your wi-fi internet somewhere in the middle right like but it's all on a theoretical same line okay Easy. Well, that's our lesson for the week. Fucking yeah, lesson I mean, for the week. I... Y'all come to this podcast expecting to hear a bunch of bullshit, expecting to hear. Uh, you're I, like, who's the best seventy-seven player? Who's the ever? best like, number seventy-seven? Yeah. I don't know, but no, you're learning shit every day. You go uh, every time you listen to an episode of this podcast. Our final note um, was really more of a note of curiosity because uh, I never seen the show, but on CSI New York. The theme song is Bob O'Reilly by The Who. Uh, mm. So they kept that Who tradition going. Um, but we were asking ourselves a Mostly question. Mostly because it's... it's. Go ahead. No, no, no. Just, no that was it. There was, no, there was no real follow-up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it kind of makes sense. You, you're always, the whole base of the show, let's find somebody. But who is it? Right? Scooby-Doo could use the exact same theme. Actually, did Scooby-Doo have a theme? I just uh, remember the intro. Scooby-Dooby-Doo. Where are you? Where are you? We, we got some lives who matter. Is that it? No, they chase ghosts. But oh, it is Scooby Dooby Doo. Gotcha. Where are you? We need some help from you now. Yeah. And then da da Scooby Snacks. That's also in the theme song Scooby there. Scooby Snacks. Snacks, snacks. How snacks. did I pull that one out of my ass? Yeah, that was a good one. That I mean, was a I good definitely pull. pull out, yeah, I can. Can you do the SpongeBob one off the top of your head? That's easy. Okay, how about the ending credit to Spongebob? No, I never would have gotten past the first minute of the show. I was a... Uh, no, I, I was a cat dog guy. Oh. Both cat, Sp Spongebob no, and cat, cat dog no. started within like six months of each other. For some reason, cat dog was canceled, didn't land. For some other reason, Spongebob becomes like the biggest animated show ever. I don't know how that happened. I was I was backing team cat dog. Yeah, you were you were also on team Betamax. When that also was team that Betamax. I'm, uh, I'm on team GoBots. I'm on Team uh, Pepsi, you know, all kind of all, all the uh, follow-up, or no, I guess that would be Team Coke, because I think Pepsi was first. Um, I'm on all the backups. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think so. What's, uh, are, are you, if you're going Diet Pepsi or Diet Coke, which one do you, which one do you pick? Not even a question. Diet Pepsi. Not even a question. Yeah, I'm, I'm, so, I'm, I'm switching over recently. I've uh, kind of Why are you drinking so much Diet to... Cola? I don't know when I get uh, when I get like a sweet craving, I go get a diet. I go walk over to the uh, store and go get a diet. So when cola. you get a sweet craving, you get something which famously has no sugar in it. Exactly. So it's, uh, <laughs> it reduces the craving, but at the same time, right? It, uh, it's, it's it's simple. You Low just don't cal. have the sugar, but you <laughs> zero cal, bud. Zero calories. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah you should go for maybe a Coke Zero next time. I hear it's even better for you. <laughs> Yeah, I hear they're great for you. It's basically or, uh, just water. Or, uh, can, or if you can go, go for that diet Dr Pepper. Tastes the same. Oh, the worst. No, I it know, doesn't. It That's good. the worst tasting like diet. I like it. 
I'm off on that train. I think if you're going to go Diet Pepper or Dr. Pepper, it's never going to be the same. So just plow through it and just get the uh, get the sweet stuff. Get half a can, and then uh, then your then your teeth will probably oh, rot. Or, after or that. split, yeah, split the can with somebody so you're not just you know wasting shit. Yeah, no, fair enough. I just don't know. Yeah, I could probably find someone to split a can with. Are they owned or are they independent? I feel D- like they're independent. Dr. Pepper's a Pepsi product. You can ah, always tell. You can always okay. tell uh, who owns shit when you go to a bar or restaurant and you see what soft drinks they have available, right? If they're Coke owned, they'll have like Coke, Diet Coke. Uh, they'll have Sprite. They'll have uh, like fucking what's the other one? Uh, they'll have Nesty. Instead of brisk, you know, like they'll have their own set of shit where if they're Pepsi owned. But Dr. Pepper does not have a equivalent on the other side. It really doesn't. No, neither does Mountain Dew. This is where Pepsi really stands out. Now, Coke tried with Mellow Yellow. Old slobs, you remember Mellow Yellow. Um, I really, yeah, it really doesn't the same. And I only know this. I mean, not a pop drinker over here, but uh, da- my dad's diabetic, right? So anytime you go out to a rest, anytime we go to a restaurant or something, he asks for a diet. Well, so he used to ask Diet Coke, right? Because you know, yeah. classic, classic diabetics only drinking diet shit. Um, and and you be Diet Coke, and then they always follow up. Oh, is Pepsi okay? Diet Pepsi. Right, and then he's like, "Okay." Then eventually, how often do you think the answer is no? Like, can I have a diet coke? No, without like a follow up. No, no, no. Like, I would say if they're like, "Is diet Pepsi okay?" and they're like, "I'll pass. I'll. I'd rather leave the restaurant." Uh, Or they just say like, "I'll just get a water kind of thing." My aunt is steadfast on Coca Cola, so much so that as a kid, we I would try to trick her. And she would, you know, like, you know, you're a kid. It's your it's your job to round the drinks, you know, up or whatever and uh, get, yeah. a, get a beer from the fridge. And I would pour a can of Pepsi uh, into a glass with ice and give it to my aunt, who is steadfast on Coca-Cola. And like yeah. with the hopes that I could trick her to drinking it. Yeah. And she would take one sip and go like, you tricked me. Like she she knew right away. Well, clearly you didn't trick her, though. That's the thing. Well, that's why I was trying to. It was the attempt yeah. of tricking. Um, you know, because I figured get a blank glass. Like I don't know if you can taste the difference, but there are people who can taste the difference. But back to the uh, back to the story I was getting at. Um, eventually, you get to the point where if you're asking for diet coke, oh, is Pepsi okay? Then you ask for diet Pepsi. Oh, is Coke okay? Just ask for a diet cola. It's like the easiest ah. fucking. Th- th- and then he had to like switch over to that because no restaurant is carrying RC cola. I can tell you that much. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, you could tell who's owned by what. My stepbrother also used to be like a representative for Pepsi, so you know I'm familiar with their line of products. You know, Coke owns Monster, Pepsi owns Rockstar. Like they each have kind of like, you know, Coke is Lay's, Pepsi is Doritos. Like they each kind of have like an equivalent. Insane. Gatorades, Powerades. I think vitamin water is a Coke thing, also. Yep. Yep. Damn. So Coke is you said Gatorade. I think Coke is. Yeah, I don't. I I honestly don't remember. I honestly don't remember. But everybody is owned by like kind of someone. If you kind of trickle yourself down. Yeah, aren't we all owned by somebody? Yeah, yeah. Well, aren't we all, Cam? Ah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. We all are. Yeah, and uh, hey, probably a good time to bring it up. Thanks again to uh, Philip Morris, uh, big sponsor of the pod, um, Great American Tobacco, Japan Tobacco Company, um, and all the big tobacco. Just an unrelated note, but anyway, like we were saying, everybody's owned by somebody. Um, <laughs> and I wonder how often people will just like opt for no drink at all. If this, if you like Diet Pepsi, I'm good. Just bring me a water. Tales yeah. from the restaurant tour. Yeah, let us know, slobs. Uh, two scenes pot at gmail.com. Let us know. Uh, would you uh, be. Are you an insane person who wouldn't even. <laughs> who, who, who would skip cola altogether? Yeah, th- I, there's nothing that I think that I would skip if that was the case. You know, like. Even if I go somewhere and I'm presented like peanut butter that's not craft i'll eat it i wouldn't buy it what about, but i'll eat it you don't drink beer though right no nah, i don't really drink beer okay i was gonna say if someone's like i think this one's a little bit of a different one if they're like do you have coors and they're like coors light you're like mm, 
kind of looking for a Coors Banky. Yep. Or a Coors Seltzy. Beer, a, a beer's a bit different, but I feel it where it's like, unless it's like a specific taste, I feel like a lot of people would kind of go either way, especially if you're being presented something. If it's like, uh, if it's like us, um, uh, what was I thinking? Like a thick IPA beer. And someone's yeah, like, oh, would you like a beer? Like- oh, but it's this kind of like a whatever, whatever. Someone be like, oh, no, thank you. Like, I don't want a thick IPA beer. But I feel, I figure like if you're a normal person, whether it's Canadian, bud, fucking carling. Oh, yeah. All your standards. Yeah. If it's like, do you want a beer? You're like, is it like 9% and tastes like chocolate milk? Like, no. Like, yeah, sure. I'll try it. <laughs> <laughs> what I love about Carlin because uh, I've had some of those and they're all they're phew. like anyway. beers that are flavored like shit. Well, I mean, like we have a friend who has a beer cabinet or like a beer cellar, and they have like hundreds of beers in there. And you'll go over like, oh, do you want a beer? It's like, sure. It's like, well, come down to the cellar and you look around and there's um you know hundreds of different selections like what were you looking for like what's your palate and it's like um maybe a stout and it's like okay we have like seven different uh categories of stouts you know it's like you might like this one this is the double brewed um chocolate milk with a taste of rye and you're like how is that a beer and then you taste you're like it has alcohol in it i think it's in a can but i don't know if this is a beer uh, that sounds great. Yeah. No, that's uh, that would be my dream with booze. Also, just having like walking into walking into kind of like a basement bar or cellar type area where all the all the booze that I you could ask for is there, and then it's like, what drink do you want? Because I can, you know, we yeah. can fucking we can make it. We can make it all. Because right now, yeah, I'm slowly building the uh, my liquor cabinet. I'm able to make a lot of drinks. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of cocktails kind of right off the bat, but, um, but yeah, yeah, no, it's fun. It's fun. That'd be a nice, uh, that'd be a nice, uh, nice thing to have. Well, he, he only has beer though. That's the only thing. So like, you'd be like, I want a crispy Pilsner that was made in Czech Republic. It's like, well, yeah, what year? Right. Like it's only beer, but it's very specific. Yeah. The booze one itself, that would be, I think that one would be cool. Uh, cause like beer's cool. Um, but like you said, if you were to be like, I want a, um, I don't even know drinks. Like, uh, what's the one that's a famous actor's name? You're thinking, I, I feel like you're thinking Tom of Collins? Tom Collins. Tom Collins. Who we have reviewed on this podcast before is not a person. It, it was a name right. just given famous to actor, a drink. Tom Collins. Famous actor, Tom Collins. For my, really killed it in the role of um, Tree Where Art Thou. The famous Spielberg classic from 08. Right, right, right. Well, <clears throat> I think the thing with the cocktails is actually more of a... Uh, you ought to have the, the proper drinkware also, right? Because not, oh, yeah. not, every, uh, not every cocktail is served in the, same, in, the same, in the same glass, right? You know, you have your highball, your coupe glass, your martini glass, uh, all, that, all that kind of crap. So, yeah, it's different. It's different. Hey, I got a social situation for you. Social situation, social, social situation, situation, situation of the week. So I was talking to a, a guy who works at a restaurant and he was saying that one of the reviews that he had on his restaurant was someone complaining, saying they would not put American cheddar on my taco. They just would not do it. And I said, well, what's like, what's the reason for that? They go, well, it ruins the taste of the taco. I go, well, can you reduce things? Yeah, you can reduce things, but we can't add things. Instead, is it a logistical problem? No, it'll just ruin the taste of the taco. So in your opinion, is it snobby to not do what the customer wants? Or is it a right of practice to say, no, we serve it our way. And if you want it differently, go to a different restaurant. This is not Subway. <laughs> this is not Chubway where you eat fresh. Um, this is a good question, Cam. You know what? I have been, um, or I guess there were maybe like throughout the pandemic or whatever, um, watching a lot of, uh, Ramsey, watching a lot of Kitchen Nightmares, right? Kitchen Nightmares is the show where uh, a failing restaurant, Ramsey comes in, points out all the problems, you know, and then the, you know, it shows- Yells about the cockroach in the corner. Exactly. It shows that they suck and then they kind of revamp the restaurant. And one of the things often, and this is just, I feel like a part of the general- Toxic uh, kitchen culture, 
right? Where, and I see that, I see this happen at work all the time, right? Where you have a bunch of kitchen employees who are almost like these, you know, kind of slaved in uh, groups who are, you know, it's the, it's the yes chef, no chef. Somebody barking around orders, and you have the yes chef, and there are these chefs who they kind of uh, certainly have this god holier than thou complex, where because every single one of their needs are met, and people refer to them as their profession, uh, which I feel like if you're a doctor or a, a police officer are really the only two professions that we should be calling you yes officer or yes doctor. Um, so they get this they get this holier than thou feeling, right? And what you see on Kitchen Nightmares all the time are chefs. Who like uh, a customer will or or Ramsey himself will hate the dish. Oh, it's bland. This you know the meat sucks. The veggies aren't whatever whatever. And the chef's first response is always, "Well, that's their problem. It's not my pro. It's not my food that sucks. It's their palate that is not good enough." Um, so I would certainly have to side on on this particular topic. I'd certainly have to side with the customer. Just also in that like I thought the customer was always right. I understand that the taste could be different. If if maybe there was like a caveat of like, oh, could I have American cheddar on this taco? Actually, our chef recommends this cheese. It pairs better with the meat. That would right. be one thing. But to flat out refuse. And then if that person was like, no, I want the American cheddar. And then you're just like, okay. But to flat out refuse, that feels like a holier than thou God complex type of chef. That's how I felt like, too. Who's like, well, this is my recipe. This is my restaurant. This is my kitchen. And if you don't like it, you can go to another restaurant. That's like, whoa. And that's, I, that was kind of the argument I felt if, like, if I were to say, hey, can I do this uh, burger but hold the tomatoes? You're like, yeah, no problem. It's like, are you allergic to tomatoes? No, I just don't like them. Oh. Well, in that well, then case. Well, we have to keep them on. No, no. Toma yeah. The tomato. In that case, the, yeah, the, the coolness. It is the essence of the burger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I would feel weird about that. Especially, yeah, especially like if you want to substitute, or especially if it's something like cheese, or or where you oftentimes have to pay an extra buck, you know, or an extra fifty yeah. cents for it. Like you're like I'm, you're waving money in front of their face. You're like I want to give it to you. Yeah, but you're really not helpful. Okay, I think we're on the same page there. I think that's a restaurant tour thing, and I've I've heard arguments for the other one, uh, but I mean. I've, I think also the argument is I'm paying quite a bit of money to be here for you to serve food to me. And I kind of, I'm not asking for much. Yeah. It feels like the structure is If it's a completely logistical nightmare where it's like, we don't have any of that in stock. It's like, okay. But if it's like, no, 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 no. Chef thinks this is better this Yeah, way. or it would be different. <clears throat> I mean, maybe like devil's advocate, maybe there's a way where the cheese is integrated into the meal like beforehand. You know, yeah. if it's like they're making they're making this sort of meal that has this kind of cheese and they kind of pre-make it, pre-melange it, and then it's like, can I have no cheese? Like, actually, we can't because it's a part of the dish. Right. It's a it's a factor. It's an assembly line. It's we an assembly line part. Because in we that case- We can do it on the side. Yeah. In that case, you're kind of like, oh, okay. Like, it's already in the meat or whatever. So, like, whatever. I'll just take it. But to be like, no- That's bizarre. That's bizarre. Fucking kitchen people, right? Let us know. Tuesdayspot at gmail.com. Yeah. You have any arguments? Um, maybe the person that I had this argument is going to write into the show. I recommend it. Please. All right. Uh, plowing ahead, Kira Cam, because uh, it is still the morning time and we have plenty to get to. I think it's time that we uh, go back to the 80s? 70s? 80s? 80s. 80s. When did I? 80s. And see what Michael Knight's been up to for the last week. That's right. It's time for the Nightcap. The Nightcap, a shadowy flight into the dangerous world of a man who does not exist. All we need is five minutes to recap this week's episode. M maybe less than five minutes, but certainly not more than five minutes. Oh, we're going to need more than five minutes. Every single week, Cam and, I, uh, uh, Cam and I go through an episode of season one of the show Knight Rider, starring David Hasselhoff um, and his 
magical car kit voiced by Mr. Feeney for all you for all you slobs back there. Um, of course, we are chugging through the show. We're coming to the end of season one, uh, and we have a few uh, a few new shows uh, that we can kind of uh, cycle in there. You know, instead of jumping straight, I think it might be more fun than jumping straight to season two of Knight Rider. You know, let us know at twoseasonspodgmail.com. Yeah, I, I think it'd be fun to move on to a different show. Um, but on this episode, we're covering episode seventeen. I gotta, I gotta, I, I gotta put a little timer on myself here because I'm kicking off this week's episode. Um, I'm kicking oh, off. Oh, you this week's are. Episode. Yeah. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Um. So let's bring okay. ourselves. Oh, this might cause some problems. No, no, no. It is you. It is you. I, I looked at my notes. Okay. I, I looked at my notes and I was like, oh yeah, that's halfway through the episode. Uh. So let's bring ourselves back to a a cozy late January evening. On a Friday in 1983 to bring you episode 17 of Knight Rider, a nice, indecent little town. Cam, I've got five minutes on the clock. Three, two, one, start. The show opens up with Mike and a small town pursuing a man on foot with a briefcase full of cash. No background to it yet, but he suddenly throws all the counterfeit cash into the air, creating a distraction amongst the people who run to it as capitalism runs this town, as does it everywhere. Um, He manages to get away, and Michael then meets with his team who tells him that, hey, we know you're pursuing this man, but you need to show up to a speech where Devin is an alpine crest about to present about them having the lowest crime rate in the USA. Devin's going to have a great speech about it. During the speech... Michael actually is in the back and targets the man or sees the man who he is targeting in the back and says, I took these notes like a week ago and said, oh, his name is Ron Austin (laughs) who runs away uh, during Devin's speech. And Michael interrupts the whole damn speech, causing Devin to be up in uh, agony, just pissed off with him. Ron is one of the country's leading counterfeiters we leave or we learn and Michael has to find a way to stop this man. So Michael goes to the police station, asks questions about Ron, and they say they have no idea, but there seems like there might be some dirty cops on the scene there. So uh, when Michael arrives back at his hotel where he's staying in Alpine Chris, he meets a lady who chats with him. And upon leaving Michael, she actually steals his cup that he was drinking from, probably because it has some DNA on it. She brings the cup to the CIA. Wow, this is getting bigger than I thought. Agent who takes the DNA from the cup and sends it to Washington. So we're getting big scale here. Upon leaving town, uh, Michael does not think that there's anything left to do. We see the whole police force is very aware of where Michael is tracking his every move. Unbeknownst to Michael, he actually returns back to town to go take care of some more business and uh, do a little more research. So the CIA then calls the lady who originally was dismissed and says, hey, you need to keep an eye on Michael. Out of the blue, Michael then sees the counterfeiter a third time and a third chase is on. Over to you, Cammers. Um, uh, third chase is on, uh, but Michael Mike got himself caught, right? That happens every single week. So at the cop shop, Michael Knight is in the jail, uh, in the cell. He doesn't get his phone call. And they even took his watch. Um, so he can't even call Kit. So Kit has been impounded. And over at the impound lot, Kit tries to pull one over on these dummy comps. But actually, for the first time maybe ever, the cops actually pull one over on him. He sort of backs himself up to one of the truck things that raise. Now Kit's stuck in the air. Who knew all you had to do to Kit was to, like, move him up into the air. And then he can't do shit. Um, we see the counterfeiter who tells us, uh, that apparently this is the counterfeit capital of the world, um, with some dirty comps, which explains probably why they are, uh, so crime-free over here. Devin uncovers a larger plan about somebody, possibly our counterfeiter, trying to, in- uh, introduce counterfeit money into countries with civil unrest in an effort to trying to uh, somehow, like, upset the locals and do some kind of larger plan. Uh, Jobina... Our uh, our newspaper, our uh, our reporter, uh, finds Michael Knight in the jail, and he asks her to let Kit out. So she does. She goes to the impound lot. She frees Kit, uh, who then frees Knight by breaking through the wall of all the jail cells. By the way, these jail cells they need to uh, they need to increase their security really here. It, yeah. The sheriff sees it, and Kit lets us know that he's experiencing some wear and tear. Uh, I don't know if that'll come in later. Just then, the cops find Agent Larkin, the CIA agent, dead in his hotel room. Uh, right there, Jobina is 
at the Hallelujah Printing Press, where they work, um, where the corrupt sheriff shows up and he's mad that the press is also not corrupt. He then he's trying to blackmail Jabina um, because of her involvement in nightscaping. You know, you're gonna do something there. Uh, right then, the counterfeiter shows up at the printing press with a gun. Uh, Knight and Aunt Martha, the head of the printing press, um, meet up and discuss a plan to make everything good again. They switch cars, they switch jackets uh, in a plan to catch the bad guys, and we get our normal Kit cop chase, but with Martha in there instead. Kit even jumps over a car without a ramp. But back at the printing press, the counterfeiter is taking all the ca- uh, taking all the cash and running out with a hostage at gunpoint. We hop back to Kit, who is driving at a whopping 120 miles per hour down a city street. We outsmart the cops, make them crash into each other. The bad guys crash. Day equals saved. Uh, back at the garage or the truck, the moving truck that sort of travels around America, Martha gives Bonnie and Knight a fresh copy of the Bible. We fade out with Michael Knight reading a copy of the Bible to Kit because apparently no one programmed religion into him. That's the end. Wow, what great timing. Yeah, weird uh, weird little religious play in there. I assume they're trying to really bring back people for season two who uh, were religious and they're like, good, I now know that the car is religious. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I mean, I guess, you know, any computer is only, but, if, but also it's artificial. You think it would have seen religion at one point because it is so smart. Uh, but that was it. That was number, that was 17. Yeah, number 17. We're, uh, we're getting to the end there. Five episodes uh, nice to, away. Uh, nice to start off with the choice. Nice to start off with a chase for an, for an episode instead yeah. of the mindlessly driving around. I feel like every episode, it starts off with like the first 20 minutes aren't really necessary. It's I go into a town, I learn about the town, I meet the lady, and then I find something wrong. And then the last 30 minutes is just action, 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 action. Well, yeah, that's like any, you know, any, any show hits its form eventually, right? Like Law & Order. The first 30 minutes is them catching the bad guy. The last 30 minutes is them prosecuting him in court. Right, because we need yeah, both enough. the law and the order. <laughs> and the order, but yeah, folks, we only have five more episodes of uh, of Night Rider to go. Yeah, it's uh, get ready for the season finale. If you haven't watched any of them, let's watch the season finale together, folks. It's coming up. We'll let you know the week before it actually happens. Of course, uh, you can jump on. Probably, I don't know. I don't know if people enjoy it. This uh, little segment, we haven't heard any positive or negative feedback. Maybe that's because yeah. people skip over it. Yeah, uh, well, thankfully, um, you know, most podcast apps, you know, they have like a different playthrough speed. Uh, Thankfully, a lot of podcast apps have a skip five minutes ahead. So who knows? For all we know, people just kind of uh, bloop and then we're gone. Yeah, well, at least we keep it short. That's why we keep it uh, short, baby. It's only five minutes. You can spare five minutes. You can spare five minutes. Um yeah, well, uh, another great episode. Thank you, Michael Knight, for providing entertainment week over week. David Hasselhoff, you know, what a, what a time. It's interesting to see someone who is that buff, that young, and also to see the male standard at that point, right? That's the ideal male figure in the 80s. The ideal male figure now is The Rock, and he is juiced to the gills, well, you know, yeah, has so- a 12-pack, didn't know it was possible, um, <laughs> breasts bigger than my high school girlfriends. Like, unbelievable. <laughs> was a weird was a weird uh a weird a weird analogy there man i gotta say i gotta say that was a weird analogy but yeah you're right um well it is funny yeah big pecs, like big pecs. <laughs> pardon big pecs big pecs right right well this is funny though because uh so mike so hasselhoff is 31 in these uh in this show right now like or 30 to 31 you know, so he's approximately my age, a little bit older than you are. But yeah, it is really funny to see how, um, like, the lead, like, we haven't seen Michael Knight with his shirt off, ever. Yes, we did. Yeah, we did. When? I don't remember when, but I remember seeing it, and I was not relatively impressed. Maybe I was one. Like, oh, I guess maybe one scene. Yeah. Just, yeah. So it was so it, not. It's very. It was very much a quick scene. Yeah. It was so not an impression. Where nowadays, if a dude pops off a shirt, that's like the very first thing you notice. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's in Zac Efron's contract that like a, a, a certain percentage of the overall film length has to be him without his shirt on. 
um, you know, or whatever it is. But yeah, Hasselhoff is wearing just kind of pants and a long sleeve shirt all the time, very, or a suit jacket, very tight pants, cowboy boots. He's so like cowboy boots, big buckle. It is funny to see him as a sex symbol, but not, but not. Not showing us his body in that same way that male sex symbol stars now. It's like, yeah, take it off. And I guess you know, I, you know, I mean, I guess the same, the same equivalent sort towards, I'm sure, a lot of the female stars. But because you know, this is about a male star, we can kind of focus on Michael Knight in that way. Um, yeah, he's the sex symbol, but he hasn't done anything sexy. He had one implied threesome, and then ma- one makeout sesh with the Topaz Connection woman. Like he's, you know, it's it. It just seems it seems like a whole different way to do shit. Yeah, uh, yeah, very much different than this day and age. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe this is just this show because it is PG, right? Maybe if you have like fourteen A shows and it's like tarps are off all the time, you know, the the implied sex is just way more casual. Right. The uh, I feel like there's kind of implied sex, but it's like. Like no, because I, I like would call I would implied. I would call implied sex to be when uh, like the couple is on camera making out and then the camera slowly pans away. Paid, yeah, and you that see is foot. implied sex. But just like yeah. the two the two the, the lead male and lead female character agree on something and have a quick chuckle at the end, I don't think that implies uh, that doesn't imply bagging to me. That's a good point. And plus, we we see that he has the Bible on him, so he probably does not actually have the sex Bibla. before marriage. The Holy the Bibla. Bibla. The St. James Bibla. Well, we're coming to the uh, coming to the end here, Cam. Let's, uh, let's, let's play our last game we're of the evening. The I know we didn't get to... Yeah, I know. Time flies. Time flies when you're talking about Michael Knight. Um, you know what it is, folks. It's where we scour the world of news to figure out what's a lie and what's the truth with a classic game of headline or asinine. Hey, hey, headline or asinine. Cam, I'm going to kick us off here. UK surgeon finds 27 missing contact lenses in woman's eye. Ew. Ew. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh, I can do that one. I can't handle that shit. I cannot handle that shit. I swear. If I go to the optometrist and I need... You know, I like you know they'll do eye drops sometimes when you're there, and you like you can't drive immediately afterwards. Your eyes are a bit funny. Fucking strap me down like I, like it's a clockwork orange. I cannot fucking handle shit in my eye. Touch. I have no problem rubbing my eye. That's easy. But as soon as the eyelid needs to remain open and shit needs to hit the fucking ball, I am done. Um. And so, you know, that's and that's what's held me back from contacts for years. I will never, I will, guys, God is my witness. I will never use contacts. Having to touch two eyeballs twice a day is like my own personal hell. That is, if there, if anybody's listening and they have a, some kind of Saw-related game uh, that they want me to play... Put anything to do with the eyes, and I'm fucked. I'll, I'll, I'm dead immediately. I, I will not. The one, and I think it's Saw Two, when the key is in the bottom of the eye, and he, that I can maybe handle that one because that's more of like a face laceration. Uh, but after that, no, absolutely not. Now, uh, now one of the things about contacts that always got me was because you need to take them out or your eyes get fucked. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't picture doing that. Like you know, you you come home uh, after a long day or you're out at a party or something. You're tired. The absolute very last thing you want to do is stare in front of a mirror and stick Grab your, your fingers in your fucking eyeballs. Your dirty fingers that have you know some some shit stains on it from all the bu- blow on it. Yeah. Exactly right. All that cocaine that I've been uh, you know tapping and then you putting on my gums like that. That's As the absolute worst. Now, now, what gets me about this one is that you, she was clear. This person was clearly a contact wearer, but yet they somehow like 
do the is it a forgetting thing you're like did i put contacts in i don't remember put another one on and then like did i put contacts in i don't know put another one on eventually you think they would like what 23 days in a row where they forgot to take their contacts out but kept putting them on um or or ultimate worst possible situation that could ever happen it like slips and goes to the back of your eyeball that would I would rather I would rather just shit my pants and die. Um, I I really hope this is a story because I really want to hear how it plays out. So I because I'm optimistic, I am going to say that this is a headline. This is a headline. Uh, we don't have the reason how she fucked it up, but we do know that she was wearing contact lenses, disposable contact lenses for 35 years. So she's wearing these for 35 years. Actually, goes into the optometrist and she hadn't seen an optometrist for a very long period of time probably about 35 years <laughs> apparently and yeah and this 67 year old lady was going in for cataract surgery because she goes i can't see very well and they realized there was a bluish bluish mass of 17 contact lenses discovered when they were going through this so that's 17 they later found an additional 10 in the woman's eye with some further examination the operation team then stopped and said, well, we're not going to go ahead and do this cataract surgery because that's pretty fucked up and that might have been causing a lot of the problem. We're very surprised you didn't notice the giant mass in your eye because uh, that must have caused quite a bit of irritation. She thought it was just due to old age and just her eyes getting tired. Nope. She just forgot to take out the... Yeah, it says for the last 35 years, she did not attend regular optometrist appointments. Jesus so, there you fucking go. Christ. Yeah. Uh, she seemed very shocked. Uh, she said her eyes felt a lot more comfortable two weeks after, and she thought it was just from old age and dried eyes. So, uh, everyone out there, uh, I don't know if you need to get glasses, maybe go to the optometrist more than once every 35 years, but Hey, that's just me. Yeah. So, uh, slobs, slobs. Um, if you, if you're doing shit to your body, go see somebody who specializes in that thing. For example, if you're putting contacts in your fucking eyes all the time, go to an optometrist every so often because they will probably update your prescription. Just like, I don't know, if you're putting shit in your butt all the time for fun, go see a proctologist. You're not going to put shit in your butt all the time and then not go see a proctologist eventually. Um, so yeah, this one's on you. This one's on you, dumbass. Let us know, twoseasonspot at gmail.com. Cam, I got one here for you, uh, if you are ready. Uh, headliner asks nine, New York woman stabs her husband to death after he refused analingus. I've never heard of the term analingus, but I assume that means uh, having sex in the anus. I'll go ahead and make that assumption off the hop. No, it's cunnilingus, um, but with the anus. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of what I thought. That's not. I, I, um, that's not. That's not the same thing. That's not what I thought. What's What's cunnilingus? Sorry, what, what is cunnilingus? Is that blowjobs? That's it's mouth on vagina. Oh. So analingus. So he wants to, want to eat some ash. There you go. Well, that, uh, okay. you know, I mean, you can't say eat ass on a fucking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He w it <laughs> so okay, I'll, I'll, I'll repeat it for you now that we figured yeah, out. Repeat it back. Now that you've had a, a little bit of a sex ed lesson, which I'm so very surprised they didn't catch to you when you were 12 years old, New York woman stabs her husband to death after he refuses analingus. Yeah, come on, baby, eat my ash. No. Stab, 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 stab. Um. Yeah, shit. I mean. Unfortunately, I could see this being a pretty common occurrence. I I got, I got a weird feeling there was uh, other factors involved. Um, I don't think this was a. Uh, is this what they call suspicious suspicious activity when they say there was no suspicious activity? But this one does definitely have suspicious activity. I'm assuming there's a little bit of meth involved. Um, probably a bunch of domestic abuse beforehand. Come on, baby, eat my ash. Eat it. Eat it. Eat it. Huh? Huh? No. Stab. Um, yeah, so pr probably happened. Um, sad, but I think she was going to stab him anyway. It, it, that, that was just the straw that broke, broke the camel's back. Headline. Cam, that's asinine. I made it up. 
Wow, we've never we've never seen a little a ball come in um, on the first pitch. You I normally think, throw a strike right down the yeah, middle. Yeah, I think you threw me a you threw me a ball last week. So I think I took kind of took a page of yeah. your book. Your book. Yeah. Your book. Hey, well, it, uh, sometimes it works. Hey, methamphetamines in waterways may be turning trout into addicts. That's that's the headline. Um, methamphetamines yeah. in the water now. This sounds like one of the flat-out kind of conspiracy things. Um, or like, you know, people who are in that kind of conspiracy <clears throat> chemtrails kind of world are the ones who are also like... I, I've heard similar reports where it's like COVID vax, Like, you know, everyone's getting vaccinated and then pissing. Therefore, like, there will be remnants of a COVID vaccine in water... And then the water goes to the taps. I don't know if there's any fucking truth to that, how that science sort of works. Um, especially, like, you would have to be, you would have to be, like, downriver from, like, a crystal meth plant. <laughs> you know, like, if a crystal meth factory had, like, a sewage runoff into a little river, I mean, I, you know, I mean, how much, and, you know, or I, I, I don't see how the science would work that out. Right, because surely there are chemicals in all in in all the water, right? But like enough to actually turn fish into addicts. That being said, though, I bet fish don't need much. I bet they do not need much crystal meth to really get that good crystal meth high that we all chase. You know that dragon that we all uh, that pink dragon that we all chase down the path. Um, I really hope if this is true, I really hope there's some science to it or something just because, yeah, I've heard these sorts of reports before, or I think I heard one, one time, uh, it was about like, it was a man obviously talking about like estrogen in the water where it was something to do with, uh, just men trying to control women's bodies, something to do with birth control and then women, you know, when they piss or shit and then that ends up in the water supply, and then, like, my son has to drink women's piss estrogen water. Uh, I'm not entirely sure how it all goes down. I'm no Scientologist, but I, I think I do have to say that that is asinine. This one is a headline uh, published in the Journal of Experimental Biology, and the kind of the, the, the quick summary, the Reader's Digest version of it is that septic and sewage systems, or sorry, sept sewage systems, sewage systems, break down a lot of organic content as you'd kind of expect uh, to put back in the waterways. But when you start putting pharmaceuticals down the pipes, there's no really good way to break that down so it doesn't end up in the waterway. So they did a study where they took methamphetamine and found it in the water, uh, found the levels that you typically see in that type of river, put it into a tank, exposed the fish to it for about 10 days, then put them in a clean tank with the option to go into the dirty tank with the methamphetamines. And surprise, surprise, the fish chose the methamphetamine tank. They were shown to be uh, lazier, slower. Um, yeah, and they had traces of the dr drugs in their brains after 10 days of exposure. Uh, this is not uncommon. Fish are sensitive to the adverse effects of the active drugs that you would see in the water. And they've also found cocaine in UK shrimp. So next time you're going to flush that drug down the toilet, think twice about the brown trout. Yeah, and the brown trout and all those crocodiles down there in the sewers also, right? There's probably a bunch of messed up crocs down there just waiting to take their revenge. Uh, you want to watch out for that too. Okay, Cam, I got one here for you. Headliner ass nine. 14-year-old rape case solved after rapist uploads his DNA to Ancestry website. Ooh, four? Okay, so at first I thought said 14-year-old, as in there was the 14-year-old involved. I hope that's not the case. I assume it's been uh, in, happened 14 years ago. Uh, uploaded to Ancestry.com. 14 years, so 14 years ago today would be uh, like the 2007. So how was our DNA test back then? When was the OJ case, Cam? 93. Okay, so we that's when DNA started. So we had about quite <laughs> as a bit of time everybody on knows, that. as everybody knows, DNA yeah. started with OJ. DNA, well, DNA research in courtrooms started then, um, and I think from what I understand, they're still doing a bunch of work to get people who were originally uh, convicted out because of DNA testing. 
That being said, I'm curious how the Ancestry.com comes into it. Maybe this, they uploaded it and they went, oh, you actually have samples of that DNA. Let's take a look and the free person, free innocent people project took that DNA, uh, cross-referenced it to the police DNA and bada bing, bada boom, you're out of jail. Headline and we're, we're going to love to, we're, we'd love to hear it, love to hear it. Cam, you're right. This is a headline. Uh, this is another story coming out of Florida where a man named Jared Vaughn has been arrested in charge of sexual battery after submitting his DNA test online to an ancestry site called Family Tree. Uh, one of those you spit in a tube, you, sp- you spit in an envelope and you send it off. And they're supposed to let you know, you know, sort of where you're from and things like that. This is from an incident which occurred back in 2007 where uh, Vaughn sexually assaulted a woman when she was drunk at her college dorm and her roommate wasn't home. Uh, After uh, in the morning they thought something was up, she did go to the authorities to take a rape test, but the cops couldn't find any DNA in their system. Uh, Sorry, in, in like their database. And unfortunately, the case went cold. Cut to 14 years later, where Parabon Nanolabs discovered a possible match in DNA. Um, and then, uh, just so everybody knows, it is worth noting that when you sign up for these, uh, genealogy websites, uh, Ancestry.com, 23andMe, uh, this one, Family Tree, uh, it does say in the fine print that you give up your DNA rights to police databases. Uh, it, it is kind of so you are. That's it, definitely worth noting. That's definitely worth noting. It is worth noting. So you are well, especially if you're doing terrible shit. It is in the system as soon as that happens. Uh, of course, right now, yeah, he's like this guy's in jail. He, it's, um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, brought himself to jail. Uh, you know, it wasn't like there was a warrant and they were catching him around. As soon as it was like, hey, you're gonna be fucking arrested, he gave himself up and he showed up. Um, to the, As you do. The thing, he's 44 now, I think it said he said it was. Uh, but yeah, so this was fantastic for, you know, everything that's involved, but but also, yeah, p- p- it could be a reason as to people why people don't want to submit themselves to Ancestry websites. If you have nothing to fucking yeah. worry about, though, you're all good, so shouldn't we all be well, doing it? There's also the, um, but th- well, there's another thing you should think about, too, is when you submit it, um, by law, a lot of insurance companies will say, if you do submit that and you get results back, you owe us those results because it might say you have a higher chance of, I don't know, let's say colon cancer. Then they're like, oh, your, your premiums definitely go up. So there is the clause in there as well that if they found out that you did a DNA test and you didn't report it back, ooh, that life insurance that we had that you've been paying for the last 20 years, ah, but you broke the contract. Sorry. Um, so keep that in mind next time you do those tests. Anyway, headline harassment on cam. Nine-year-old off to juvenile detention for robbing candy store with water pistol. I love that. I love that. That feels like the ultimate little rascals uh, type of stick up. You know, where I feel like if it was, I feel like if this was like a uh, an episode of the Brady Bunch from 1964, this would be hilarious. You know, there would be a laugh track behind it, a quip by the uh by the store owner who knows that it's just a water gun uh and things like that but you know in today's gun anti-gun culture uh this could be terrible now you hear stories all the time of similar things happening um on playgrounds in the united states you know like they'll be playing cops and robbers and a kid will make you know do finger guns like you shooter mcgavin or they'll be playing happy gilmore and somebody wants to do uh finger guns like shooter mcgavin and then next thing you know, they're in the principal's office uh, being penalized, right? You know, maybe detention, suspension, because they used what looked like a gun at school. And then it's so hard to explain. Like, well, Miss Johnson, like, we were just playing Happy Gilmore. I'm Shooter McGavin, and I just hit a birdie on 14. Right? And they don't understand that you're, you know, you're trying to play off a little bit. Now, uh, one thing, I, now, what's scary about this is that he's tried to stick it up because this is a seven-year-old who if they had the option it would be a real gun um uh, that's what's scary unless uh, you know unless again something comical you fill the you fill the water pistol with hot sauce kind of get them in the eyes and then they're blind um 
yeah, so if this is real, it is disconcerting because, yeah, there's this kid would have used a real gun if possible. It is also just funny that it's a candy store. Uh, I feel like it's a little too on the nose. It's a hat on a hat. Uh, so because of that, I will call it asinine. This is asinine. I was going to change the convenience store. I thought that might be more realistic, but hey, sometimes you got to have that. No, that um, is, that, I, I do like that. That is real. That is real funny. That is real funny. Okay, Cam. All I, right, send us off here, big guy. I have one more headline here for you. Headliner Asinine, bank mistakenly deposits $50 billion into a Louisiana man's bank account. Okay, so let's think about how many zeros that is. So if we're looking at five million, that is three commas. Uh, seven I know that. zeros. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, three commas. So we're looking at nine zeros. Um, at that point, I mean, rounding error is a ten. whole different thing when you have ten zeros. Okay, so because you would need that five, that zero oh, off fifty. Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only thing I could think of is if the zero key got stuck at their computer and then they somehow just said yes to it. Uh, otherwise, I can't see that you'd be putting that much money in without someone picking up on it or there being a bunch of flags that pop up on a computer screen saying this uh, normally goes to Jeff Bezos, not Louisiana Joe. Um, <laughs> are you sure about this? Um, and for that reason, I'm going to go ahead and call Asinine. Cam, this one is a headline here for you. Uh, it is a story out of Louisiana where a man named Karen James, a 47-year-old uh, living in Baton Rouge, um, came home one night. Where Baton Rouge. Baton, Baton Rouge. Uh, came home one night and his wife showed him uh, what seemed to confuse her and confused him. They opened up the banking app on their phone uh where they were confused because there was a recent deposit of 50 billion dollars um they were jesus christ what the hell james who is a former police officer said he it never crossed his mind for a second that he would keep the money and they thought about returning it they went into chase bank uh where the ba where um the banks or the you know whoever they sat down with the teller or whomever uh reaffirmed what what their bank statement showed and there was a recent deposit for 50 billion dollars um which obviously was put there by mistake the bank removed the uh, removed the change a few days later, but Chase Bank still hasn't told the couple why it happened in the first place. They used some kind of they said some kind of blanket statement of a few of our accounts were affected by a logistical error and that has been resolved, but not about how this can even happen in the first place. Although James is a bit concerned about the general security of his account, apparently if somehow fifty billion dollars can be put into it, he did say it felt pretty cool to look onto his bank statement and see that many zeros. Yeah, well, a few zeros and like ninety six dollars. Like yeah, it was billion fifty billion and ninety six dollars and twelve cents. It was like, wow, this is yeah. the coolest thing ever. Uh, so yeah, keep an eye on you. If you don't, I mean, I do not open my banking app too too often. Really, only when there's a transaction. You know, like rent, make sure yeah. rent goes through or shit like that. Uh, but yeah, so who knows? I could have had or or when you pay for shit and then you need someone to pay you back. Exactly. I could have had millions of dollars tossed in my account, and I would never know. Um. Yeah, I feel like you'd maybe you'd eventually know. You'd eventually know. Yeah. Uh, but there you have it. That is uh, anyway. that's how you play headliner asinine, and I believe that's the end of yeah, play uh, at home, folks. That is the end of the podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for making uh, Two Season a Pod part of your morning routine. Of course, you can rate, review, like, and subscribe. The podcast is everywhere, you know. It's on YouTube. It's on uh, Google. It's on uh, Apple Podcasts. It's on Spotify. On it's on Stitcher Premium. It's on the radio at 96.7. Uh, there's really, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Two Season Pod gmail.com. And uh, that's about all I got. That's all we got for today, folks. Never forget, people, get your sleep. 50% of officers on night patrol have admitted they've fallen asleep at the wheel. I'm Cam LeClaire, signing off. Take care, folks. Continuing tonight on Two Seas in a Pod. 96.7 on your...
two C's in a pot, 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 two C's in a